I will tell you when I give people their feedback more often than not, they don't spend a ton of time looking at the good things people said about them. They generally go to the stuff on the areas of opportunity or the quote unquote bad stuff. They want to get better. They want to know what people are saying about them. I think it's just part of human nature. It's how we instinctively react to different things. But by glazing over the good stuff, we are once again being an unreliable narrator because we aren't acknowledging the good stuff. We might say, sure, yeah, that's great, awesome. It's always great to hear. But this leads to a bigger problem. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. What is your team culture like? What is your leadership style? How do you make decisions? These are all questions my client was recently asked. These questions came from different people, their current team, people who they were interviewing, who wanted to work for them, even their mentee. They all wanted to know, what's it like to work for you, to learn from you? And when I started working with this client, they had some generic answers that they could speak to each of these questions, but sometimes they weren't as confident in their answers as they'd like to be. Now they're able to confidently describe with examples, the cultures of their team their leadership style and how they make decisions aligned to what's important to them by describing their values, how they model those values and how they reward and recognize those behaviors. Can you answer those questions for yourself? Let's dig into these together. Join us in the catch crew, a place to grow your career intentionally, to get the skills to intentionally grow your career and your teams through your own leadership. When you join, you get instant access to team building tools, including values first, the course, a video-based course that highlights the most important exercises from my book, values first. You get the tools you need to build the life, career, and team culture that you want. Go to thecatchgroup.com slash catchcrew. That's thecatchgroup.com slash catchcrew. Welcome to this week's episode of the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. Are you an unreliable narrator? After a group coaching call with some very accomplished senior women leaders, I was reflecting on a theme that came up, a theme of being an unreliable narrator. This theme had also come up in the last year for a few of my other coaching clients as well. So I thought it was time to dig in a little bit more on the podcast on this topic today. So today we are going to talk about what an unreliable narrator is and the top ways that I've seen this show up in the experiences of the high achieving leaders that I coach and I work with in consulting with senior leadership teams. We'll also talk about what to do about it. So let's get started. 
I don't know if you know this about me, but I love to read. I read or listen to both business books or fiction books. I'm also a true crime podcast fan, so I love mysteries, thrillers, whodunits, or just an easy beach read. Sometimes as I'm reading my fiction books, the idea of an unreliable narrator comes into play. So what is an unreliable narrator? It's a narrator that is not trustworthy. So in the case of my fiction books that I read, often they are written in the first person. So they are telling the story from their point of view. When there is an unreliable narrator, they are potentially giving us false information about the events or have a very different perspective of the truth. So many authors or filmmakers use the unreliable narrator on purpose to create interest and suspense. And as a reader, you may not know that it's an unreliable narrator until the end of the book as the plot unfolds to something that you just didn't expect. So how does this concept of an unreliable narrator come into the lives of the high achieving leaders that I coach? Usually it isn't purposeful. But the idea that we are seeing a perspective through a lens is what makes this concept resonate. You may be your own unreliable narrator. And today, I'm going to walk you through a few examples of how I see this show up. You may be an unreliable narrator because of your lens of the world. You may have one lens, the way in which you see others or yourself. A lot of this has to do with our level of self-awareness. When I coach leaders one-on-one, we are in a coaching engagement that is usually for six months or so. So I work with these leaders for six months. They have a coach because they want to accelerate their advancement at their company, or often they are going into a new role and they want to set themselves up for success. Sometimes I'm working with leaders that have reached out to me on their own. Sometimes I get paired with them because they work for a company that wants to invest in their development. This is important to say. When we think of getting a coach, especially if one is given to you at work, sometimes you may think, what did I do wrong? This is some foreshadowing of the concept of unreliable narrator. I don't work with leaders that have performance issues. There are some coaches that do that, but I am not one of those. That's not the profile of people that I love working with. I think that work, performance, so if you're not meeting your goals, those kinds of things, those are best um, left for the manager and employee relationship. So I work with leaders that are high performers, leaders that are doing really well in their roles or within the company. Their company is hiring me to help them advance even more or to give them support to be even better in their roles. But even though that's the case, sometimes feels weird like that they need help when in reality, they are getting invested in with time and some money for their development by their company. So we need to understand that lens as we start. It's an investment in you, and that's a good thing. So part of working with a coach is usually getting feedback. So in my coaching, I get feedback from the client's stakeholders. This is called a qualitative review. So my client usually picks five to eight people that they work with that know them pretty well. That might be cross-functional partners, that might be their manager, second level manager, direct reports, sometimes a vendor or an external consultant that they work with. And then I set up interviews with each of them. Usually it's about for 30 minutes and I ask each of them individually 
about the person and what's going on in the business. What are their strengths? What could they do even better? And what else should they be working on? What else do they think would be great feedback to benefit my client? So as a coach, I get a lot of information about my client in a relatively short amount of time because I'm interviewing a lot of different people that see a lot of different things from them based on their lens. And even though I've usually never have met any of these stakeholders before, they're usually really candid with me pretty quickly, especially since I'm an outside person to their company. They feel comfortable giving me pretty open and honest feedback. Then I create some themes from the feedback that I hear across all those interviews and I build a report and then I give that to my client or coachee. So within this report or data, there are usually things that the coachee has heard before. This is known information, sometimes about their strengths, sometimes about the things that they could do to get better, but also there's some unknown information. There's things called bright spots and blind spots. Things that other people see about them that they are unaware of. So part of coaching is to increase your self-awareness, to understand how other people see you and your behaviors or the impacts of your behaviors. So let's break down what a bright spot is and what a blind spot is. A bright spot is something that the stakeholders say about the leader that they didn't realize was true about them right? So this could be also called a hidden strength. It's a bright spot they didn't know about. This is a happy surprise about how they are positively impacting others. There's also blind spots or things you didn't know about yourself that could be negatively impacting others. Things you can't see. That's why it's called a blind spot. Kind of like the blind spot when you're driving. There's a blind spot in the side mirror that you can't see. Now, many cars have a light to indicate when someone is in your blind spot to let you know that there is someone there so that you don't try and change lanes. Wouldn't that be great if we had that blind spot indicator for ourselves at home or at work? That would actually be pretty amazing to get a little warning light right before you do something not awesome. <laughs> However, we are not that advanced just yet to get there. So often when we have feedback like this, we get to understand what our blind spots are. And in this case, I'm helping you understand what your blind spots are as your coach by giving you this feedback from your stakeholders. Now what you do with this information, that's the interesting part. Some people are really interested in doing something about their blind spot and some are not so much. I've heard everything you can think of from, yeah, I don't really think that's true of me to, hey, can you just interview like four or five more people to really make sure that's true? To, you know, wow, that's great information that I really didn't understand before. Or wow, I didn't realize that was the impact of that behavior. I don't, I don't like how that feels. So I'll give you an example of a blind spot from one of my clients from many years ago. This was a senior leader in finance, and she got the feedback that in her one-on-one -on -one interactions, she was really great at building relationships. But when she got in front of a group, she tended to push her own agenda and not ask for feedback. That left people feeling unheard. So when she got this feedback, it was truly a blind spot. She didn't know that that was there. I asked her how it felt. Does it feel differently in one-on-ones versus group meetings? And she said she thought she was showing up in the same way in both places. She hadn't realized the difference. 
And more importantly, the impact that she was having on others. Because in group meetings, because she was pushing her own agenda, others had stopped giving her feedback and would shut down instead. So what she saw from her lens was that people agreed with her opinions, but really they didn't agree so much so that she wasn't hearing them and so that they weren't even sharing their opinions anymore. So that was really the opposite of what she wanted to happen. She wanted their feedback so the work and outcomes would be good for everyone. She realized that in those rooms, she was an unreliable narrator. She saw only her perspective. She didn't pick up on some of those things that were happening in the room. So for her action plan, she decided to do something about it. One of the things she decided to do was to try to ask more questions when she was in a group setting instead of sharing her opinion first. She would hold her opinion and ask questions instead. Then she would practice active listening and check for understanding by rephrasing what her peers said. She also asked a close peer to give her feedback after the meeting and they would chat. And this was a really great way for her to validate what happened in the meeting to make sure she was on the same page as them so that she saw and trusted herself. So at first, she wasn't sure she would ever be a reliable narrator, but over time, she got better at it with practice. She asked different types of questions. She checked for understanding, and she started to show up differently in these meetings, and her stakeholders and her peers started to notice. They started engaging with her in a different way. The outcomes were better. So through blind spots, things that we don't see is one way of being that unreliable narrator. My award-winning book, Values First, How Knowing Your Core Beliefs Can Get You the Life and Career You Want, is now available in audiobook. Since the book released just last year, the biggest question that I've gotten from readers is, is it available in audiobook? In this book, you'll get to hear my most pivotal career stories and some of the successes of my clients as you learn about the values first framework and how you can take action on your life and career. The audiobook is narrated by me. So if you love this podcast, you'll love the audiobook. Values first, how knowing your core beliefs can get you the life and career you want is now available on Audible and iTunes. Now let's talk a bit more about bright spots. I will tell you when I give people their feedback more often than not, they don't spend a ton of time looking at the good things people said about them. They generally go to the stuff on the areas of opportunity or the quote unquote bad stuff. They want to get better. They want to know what people are saying about them. I think it's just part of human nature. It's how we instinctively react to different things. But by glazing over the good stuff, we are once again being an unreliable narrator because we aren't acknowledging the good stuff. We might say, sure, yeah, that's great, awesome. It's always great to hear. But this leads to a bigger problem. We often have really high expectations of our own work. We might even feel like perfectionists sometimes. This was the theme that I mentioned in a recent group coaching call of high achieving women. Each one of them are amazing in their roles, but were having trouble in similar areas. They were working a lot. 
not prioritizing time for themselves, not keeping their boundaries because they wanted to be there for their teams and generally feeling like they were failing in every aspect. Do you ever feel like that? You might have a million things going on and at every level you feel like nothing is going as you'd like it to failing on all fronts. For me, sometimes that feels like I'm not present for anyone, myself, my family, as a mom or wife, as a friend, all the things. And it feels not so great and pretty overwhelming. But what if your lens in those moments is that of an unreliable narrator? What if you don't realize it? But what if that lens really isn't trustworthy? Remember, in this case, it isn't purposeful. But what if your view of what's happening is different than you think? As a coach, I like to ask the question, what is true? So what is true? Are you making progress on your goals at work? Yes, your team is making progress. Maybe not as fast as you'd like, but they are making significant progress. What is true? I don't know about you, but if someone comes to me for advice, I can clearly see all the things they're doing even when they can't, or that's how it, it feels, right? Sometimes it's it's hard to see our own impacts and, and accomplishments. We are an unreliable narrator sometimes on our own growth. We are an unreliable narrator of our own worth. We are an unreliable narrator on how we are impacting the world. So back to those bright spots, those hidden strengths. Next time you get feedback on the positive impact you're making at work or in the world, I want you to sit with that, even if it feels uncomfortable, especially when it feels uncomfortable. The next time someone gives you a compliment, don't push it away. Don't brush it off. Don't tell them that they're wrong. Instead, say thank you and think about it, even for a moment. Let that be the truth that you let into your lens. Let that be the truth that you see, the truth that others see from you. I want to challenge you to ask yourself the question, what is true? I want to challenge you to spend a little bit more time in your bright spots, in the compliments that you get. And if we do that more over time, I think we may let that truth in more. We may be less hard on ourselves to meet those unrealistic expectations, our self-awareness will increase. And over time, we can shift from that unreliable narrator to trusting ourselves and our strengths. That's all for today. Remember, your leadership belongs here. You belong in the C-suite. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.